0: and proposal emails and so much more. All you gotta do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're gonna send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're gonna get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening, you're awesome. Hey, what's up my friends, Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast. We are glad that you are here, glad you are joining us. Hey, uh, I don't know if you heard, but we've got a, a brand new free Facebook group that is, uh, has over 10,000 speakers in it already. So if you're looking for a place to connect with other speakers to share questions and stories and advice and share wins and all of that stuff, make sure you stop by and check out thespeakerlabgroup.com. Again, you can find that over at thespeakerlabgroup.com. I'll take you right where you need to go. And uh, make sure you join that Facebook group. We'd love to have you in there. We'd love to connect with you and meet you, hear what you're up to, and how we can best serve and support you. So uh, today we are talking with Rick Clemens. Uh, Rick has gone through our elite program and is uh, booking gigs left and right. The dude's a, a busy dude, right? And so uh, we're going to be talking today about how he has worked to really figure out who his audience is when his topic could appeal to a, a wide range of different groups. We talk about how he's narrowed that down. Talk about why systems and structure have really helped him to book more gigs. And we also talk about simple strategy that he uses to increase engagement when contacting potential clients. So a lot of little practical tips and strategies that Rick has implemented that's made a big difference in his business. So let's get right into it. Here's my conversation with Booked and Paid to Speak Elite. Student Rick Clemens. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here today, joined by my buddy Rick Clemens from the Life Uncloseted podcast. Speaker, an all around good dude.
1: You can sit
0: yeah, here and there. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we appreciate you taking the time to uh, to chat with us today. I want to talk through your speaking journey. You're someone who has really been building your speaking business. You've had a lot of pivots and iterations along the way. Someone that's gone through uh, some of our training programs. So eager to, eager to dig into your story. So how's your day going, my friend?
1: It's great. It's great, actually. Um, I'm doing, as I was telling you, I'm doing podcasting myself today. And and doing speaking outreach because as a speaker the outreach never stops so never if you hear nothing stopped. else from what i say it's a constant outreach touch base, network get to know people get let them get to know you and i don't even call it a daily grind anymore actually i call it a daily do and i really enjoy it and i Good. think that's it when you start to enjoy it yeah then you know you've reached a whole different level
0: yeah so, uh, I, I got that advice early on is, is falling in love with the process and yep, so yep. It, it can feel like a grind at times, but if you love the process yep. of it, then it, it definitely decreases that and less of a burden and chore and more of something that you look forward to and know that it's, it's leading to uh, significant things in your business. So, all right, so let's, uh, let's dig in for a second. So let's talk about, first of all, your journey as a speaker. So kind of take us back. How did you first get into speaking? How did you first get intrigued and interested in speaking? And then we'll, uh, we'll kind of go from
1: there it's always been part of my life. And and if I were to really like lay it out and go, okay, where did this all start? I actually think it started when I was a kid. I was always the kid doing stuff that, you know, leading the class in the plays, in the musicals, doing the debate stuff. And it's always been part of it, but it's also a piece of me because, you know, I'm kind of, okay, those of you who can't see me don't know what I look like. I'm a big guy. I mean, I'm like six foot four. I'm a linebacker sort. And so I think there was that always that instant leader that people picked me, or maybe they were afraid that if they didn't pick Rick, I'd beat him up, something like that, which is <laughs> so far from the truth. But that was kind of where it all began. And then when I start to think about the professional piece, in all my professional journey, I was always the one doing presentations and all that sort of stuff. So it's always been in my blood. But when I came to my business, I started my business in 2006 as a coach, and I really realized this voice, this thing of speaking was becoming part of my life when I started the podcast. And then as the podcast kicked off, I got invited to speak with PFLAG, which is parents, families, and friends of lesbians and gays in the Southern California region. And I started going to colleges and universities speaking in sociology classes, psychology classes, gender identity, sexuality classes, all fun times because you never know where you're going to go when you're in those classes. You know, being the token gay man on the panels, I started realizing this is really kind of cool. Yeah. And instead of being a speaker, I actually and this has like been a big epiphany for me, Grant. And I don't you and I actually haven't talked about this. Just in the last few months, I realized I'm a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And I just happen to speak. Yeah. And that's the difference. I got so much more comfortable in this world. And I think that's why things have become easier from the outreach perspective. Because I realized that's what I do really well. Yeah. I can speak, which is part of being a storyteller too. But I got hung up on this whole scripting thing and all this stuff. And now that I know I'm a storyteller and Oh, by the way, I'm going to teach you some stuff while we're in the storytelling. Yeah. It makes my life so much easier.
0: Right, right. How has that iteration been for you as you've just tried to navigate and figure out because I know again you've you've kind of gone on a bit of a journey of this is who mm-hmm. I speak to, this is what I speak about. And again, like yep. you said, even kind of finding yourself at this moment of okay, I'm a storyteller, this is my this is really how I can connect with audiences and what I bring to the table. Mm-hmm. So kind of talk us through what that journey and iteration has been like for you.
1: So I got really stuck. Stuck at the beginning of, okay, here's what I do. And it wasn't a bad thing because I told my coming out journey. That was my story, which is always the basis. Everything I do now is about taking that coming out story and applying it to the audience I'm speaking to. And the further I would get away from that story, the harder the work would become. Yeah. Suddenly I'm like, okay, here's a script. This isn't fitting. This isn't feeling right. And then I try to be like, okay, let's be like all these other speakers, which some speakers are really good at this. In fact, a lot of them are really good at the scripted and all this. And I'm not saying don't do a script. You got to kind of, you can't just get up on stage and go, "Hey, come on, follow me. We're going to wander all over the place here." No, you got to have a direction you're going. But for me, the iteration that really came home is when I realized this is how I'm going to show up. I'm going to be that storyteller, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring the teaching moments into it. And I started out as that LGBTQ, telling the story of coming out late in life. But then I realized, wait, I can take this same thing and talk about, oh, in late in life, I did another thing. I left corporate America. And here's how that journey went. Oh, and then later in life, I, you know, decided to do X, Y, Z. There's lots of different things I want to do all the way here. That was really the iterations. I started realizing this coming out thing for me was different pieces and of the puzzle in my life, in my journey as a corporate guy, as a teacher, as a trainer, all these things. I'm like, wow, these things all fit together. I just need to keep telling the story and finding ways to fit it in. So now where I'm at college and university market pretty much is where I'm settled in, but there's even some stuff cropping up in the corporate world because I've learned the story of coming out to be a corporate guy and leave the corporate world and identify what people were doing in the corporate world that caused me to want to leave that. There's a whole story that I can now take when somebody says, hey, could you come talk to us in our corporate office about X, Y, Z? It seems like you're making bold moves to you know, really do some stuff. It's so interesting to see this all come together. And you know the journey, Grant, because you've been on it with me. And I still stand very firmly in my LGBTQ roots on the college campus, but now I'm doing some men and masculinity programs. And guess what? The men and masculinity program is now opening some doors in corporate because they're like, wait, we need some help here too, (laughs) helping these guys be masculine leaders without being masculine jerks. Right. And it's all really playing together nicely. But the key, the key, the key, and I know Grant has said this, I've heard numerous people he's interviewed say this, stay focused, go narrow, go deep, and then go wide.
0: Right, right. And so early on, especially for you, I remember you were talking about your kind of big, broad, bold message was to make bold moves, right? To help people make those bold moves, which is a type of topic or kind of a type of statement that is a powerful statement of helping people make bold moves in life. But it's also the type of thing that seems like on paper, it could appeal to a wide variety of audiences. And I know Mm -hmm. for you, you are having a little difficulty at times figuring out okay, this message could appeal to everyone, but I know it shouldn't appeal to everyone. And I need to pick which market and I need to pick mm-hmm. which lane. And so trying to figure out which one made the most sense. So how did yep. you kind of walk through that journey to land on, like you said today, it's largely been speaking to colleges and universities, but mm-hmm. that hasn't always been the case. So how have you made yep. some of those pivots in terms of figuring out where this message
1: best resonates? Well, first I had to get out of my own way and let the branding marketing guy, cause that was my background. I'm a branding marketing guy and I realized I'm too close to this. Yeah. I had to step away and talk to some other people and actually have hired a couple of people along the way to go, let's figure this out. And as soon as I realized, okay, the bold move is the overarching umbrella, never going to walk away from that. The bold move is the thing. And what I help people really do is come to terms with living life on their terms. Yeah. But who is that I'm doing it for? So now when I approach a college and a university, it isn't, hey, I help students make bold moves to live life on their terms. What I come in is, I want to come on campus and help you solve the problem where LGBTQ students don't feel like they can be themselves. Yeah. Oh, wow, we have that problem. Oh, you can help us solve that problem. That's the difference. It's still a bold move because that university is making a bold move to go, yes, we're going to embrace this. It could be diversity inclusion. But it's really about how do we make space for the LGBTQ acceptance to become the status quo? And how is Rick going to help us do that? Yeah. It is still a bold move in many, many areas. So I think one, one
0: thing that we've talked a little bit about is that speaking on something like making a bold move can be interpreted a lot of different ways. Yep. And it's also, yep. again, kind of one of those big, broad, almost vague type of things where it's like, I, I don't know exactly what it means or how it best applies right. to me. But it sounds like for you, as you've kind of narrowed down to, I'm going to be speaking to colleges and universities on creating a culture of diversity and inclusion that that is something that's helping people make a bold move. But now Mm -hmm. it's really very specific in terms of this is a problem that a college or university would tell you we have versus we have that you can help solve versus like uh, a college or university sitting around saying, we're looking for someone who can help us help our students make bold moves or help our campus make bold moves. But here's a specific problem that we have that we need some help with that you can help with. So how has that iteration or how has that journey been for you to land on something of going like, okay, yes, this is what I'm helping people do, but here's the language that they're using and here's the problem that they feel that they have that I know that I can help solve for them.
1: Well, you just said it first. It's the language they're using. So I'm right there in their lane. I'm talking the stuff that they want to hear. And I'm actually going to use the men and masculinity as a really good example of this. There's a lot of stuff going on, as we all know, out in the media about men, masculinity, and the Me Too movement. And I have landed solidly with colleges and universities by asking the question, if you could bring a program to campus that teaches young men how to avoid being labeled into the me too movement. Would that help you on your campus? Yeah. Of course it would. I don't come in and say here's a bold move, but underneath that is here's what I do. I help I bring in a workshop that talks about helping guys step truly into their masculinity, open and have, you know, really great conversations, show their emotions, share their thoughts without fear. Step into those uncharted territories of tearing apart these rules that we think we have to be as men and then coming through some of the scariest stuff in the world of feeling uncomfortable so you can step into who you really want to be as a masculine guy, yourself, your way, on your terms. That's what I do, which is a really bold move for many young men. Boom. There you go. It isn't what I lead with. Right it's a complete back them into it. And then I can do all my coming out stuff. I can do my six step process of how do I help guys become masculine men in their own right? Well, we're going to get them past the confusion. We're going to get them curious about what that really looks like. Then we're going to get them standing on that scary place where they have to have the courage to do it. And then they step into their confidence Then they commit to it. And then they consistently show up. Boom. I did this. I didn't lead with all that. Right. It's how you approach it and right. how you deliver.
0: Very true. So, okay. I'm curious to take a step back for a second. Then you, you were someone who'd been doing a little bit of speaking here and there, and you're interested in, and in really upping your game in terms of the volume of speaking that you're doing, wanting to make yep. this a bigger part of your business. Like, what are some of those steps that you took early on? Because I think there's a lot of people who are listening who are in that same spot of, yeah, I like speaking. Speaking is a lot of fun. I've done it a handful of times. Maybe I've been paid. Maybe I haven't. I'm just trying to figure out how to do more of it. Where do you go from there? Because the mistake a lot of speakers make, and you know, this is that a yep. lot of people just say okay i want to be a speaker and i just sit back and i wait for the phone to ring and the reality is like that just that works very very small level but for the most part like it just doesn't doesn't work so yeah you may get an inbound lead every so often but for the most part it's not gonna it's not gonna build the business so
1: let's admit i'm not share and i didn't get called to be in mama mia just because i was a share (laughs) you know so none of us are so let's go down that route right for me it was and you've said this numerous times grant and other speakers will say it It's all about at-bats. Yeah, It's all about the at-bats. And I can tell you, honestly, for the years that I spoke on PFLAG panels, I was one of their most frequent and top speakers. And I know this number is going to boggle some people's minds. Southern California region. So we probably had 8 to 12 different colleges and universities that we'd get called to speak at. On average for a school year, I was speaking 50 to 80 times at those colleges and universities. And see, here's where I god bless p flag here's where i realized this is where i what i what i really wanted to be doing and i realized it was the perfect environment to be workshopping what i now do i know how to connect with those students i know how to catch myself and catch something in the audience and bring it in in fact one of the times i remember standing in a class and part of my story is about meeting the guy that brought me out of the closet so to speak in britain we were in london And there was a young woman sitting on the front row, and she had this bag with the Union Jack on it. And as I'm talking, I'm like, yes. And I was in this bar, and just like a great handbag, like the one right here, this gal has. And I grabbed her handbag and said, I had this epiphany. I needed to have this bag, but my bag happened to be I needed to come out of the closet." It's those moments that you don't get that in every audience. You don't have that opportunity, but because I was in classrooms, I was on small stages. Sometimes I was on big stages with the panels. I got the chance to workshop everything and it was all about the at-bats so that I can do what I do now much better. Right. That's the key. It's taken every opportunity. In fact, just a few weeks ago, I took the opportunity to speak at podcast movement here and It's not my core audience, but what it was, was the opportunity to get on stage and get in front of a backdrop and get some film. And I did make it work because what I did was I took them through, how do you come out of the closet to be a podcaster? Same content that I always do. I just flipped it and twisted it slightly. And I used that opportunity to get film for my video reel, to get some good, good, good audio. And I got another gig out of it. Yeah. So it's just about being re- willing to go do stuff. Now, does that mean I go chase every podcast <laughs> conference, which is only two, so I wouldn't have to chase too far, but I open myself up to the opportunities yeah. to see what I can do.
0: One of the things I noticed with you is that you've been very disciplined in terms of just building uh, systems and structure into your business yep. and that, that you are seeing results because you're treating it accordingly. Meaning that if you want this to just, if you just want to do, you know, five gigs a year, and this is kind of a little side pastime hobby thing, then you would tend to put that level of effort into it. But I know for Mm -hmm. you, you want it to be significantly more than that. And as a result, you've treated this like a job, you've treated this like this is work, I need to show up daily and have a discipline to this. So what's kind of been that behind the scenes process for you of the structure you've been putting into place that has led to some of the results that you're seeing now?
1: So the first place that I tripped on all that, it was not being clear on what I wanted the results to be. What happened for me was my husband and I moved to a new area of California right here on the Central Coast, and we love where we live. And at about that time was when all this system stuff was starting to happen that Grant was talking about. I was starting to put some stuff in place, starting to use the CRM, getting really clear on the outbound messages, how many times I'd reach out. And I thought the system's working, but something's missing. And the first thing I did is, what is it you want, Rick? how much of this do you want to be doing? Yeah. And I said, you know what? I love speaking, but I don't love the travel. So I'm only going to focus my efforts on the West coast. And I'm literally California, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Idaho, as far over, you know, we'll go a little further over, but I'm focusing on about six to eight States. There are plenty of schools, six to eight States. There are plenty of businesses in six to eight States. And when I got really clear on that, then I joined NACA, which is the one of the college groups. Mm-hmm. I got a list from them. And every outbound effort is only targeted here. Now, again, that doesn't mean because I just got two leads from outside of this area, one in Florida, one in Ohio, one actually and one in Chicago. Doesn't mean I won't go there, but my efforts are all focused here. I got clear on how many gigs I want to do a year because I love where I live. So I don't want to be gone all the time. Luckily, if I focus on this coast, and I know you've said the same sort of thing, Grant, I can kind of do that one and up really easy. One day up, one day back. I can be home by the weekends most of the time. And so when I got really clear that I want maybe between 20 to 30 gigs a year, I only want to do this on the Western coast as if possible. I might go do some associations and other stuff. That was the difference to making the process work. And then behind the scenes, I got really clear. I do three outreaches to any contact. One's like, hey, here's who I am. What can I do for you? Here's kind of what I focus on. Are you the right decision maker? Boom. If they don't do that, then I follow up two weeks later and say, hey, I just wanted to follow up again here. You know, I'm following up with this email. And usually here's the secret folks. And you'll learn this if you would join. Yes, join Grant's group is the second email is actually the one that most times gets the action. Yeah. And then if I don't get a response back, I send a, Hey, you're kind of dummies. You didn't hire me for this. No, I don't really say that. <laughs> I say, Hey, you know, I don't want to be a pest. I know you're busy. I make it really about them. I'm sure you got lots on your plate. Here's the stuff I talk about. If it ever becomes of interest to you, let's touch base. Yeah. And um, that's the system. I can crank those things out. In fact, I, I have been cranking outreaches out to new stuff. I focus 20 a day. I use a video outreach that I do. I record a personal video to every person, do that outreach. I can actually, I've got it down to the science folks where I can do the 20 of those in about an hour, no more than an hour and a half, get them out. They're the first thing done in the morning. And then I focus on follow-up after that. Yeah. Once that's all done, I go back to regularly scheduled programming, coaching, podcasting, driving my husband nuts making sure my daughters are tortured even though they don't live in the house and all that good stuff
0: the usual things so one of the things that again i think you touched on there that uh, i think has been very helpful and beneficial for you is again you have like of a repeatable system and i'm going to show up on a daily basis and i'm going to be doing this one consistent thing and it's not it's i I always think of it like you know working out or going to the gym or eating properly it's Mm -hmm. not just kind of i'm just going to do it when i feel like it and then hopefully i get the results that are, are going to be far and above and beyond than what i'm actually doing But for you, it is, I'm going to, even if it's just something as small as I'm going to send three emails a day Mm -hmm. to potential clients, or I'm going to be following up on three people a day, or I'm going to send, you know, 15 or 20 or whatever it may be that makes the most sense. And like you alluded to, it's kind of evolved over time, depending on seasonal life or what you have going on. But on a daily basis, there's one little thing that I'm going to be doing just to show up and continue to build the business, knowing that again, it's not going
1: to build itself. Yeah. And I think you, the thing is, is, this is where you have to start having fun with this. If it becomes a drudgery, you need to walk away from it. And there are days that it's not fun. Trust me. Sure, sure. To think about cranking out 20 of these, but I keep it on certain days. So my days that I work on this sort of stuff are three, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. Yeah. I don't bug people on Fridays. I don't bug them on Mondays. You're going to waste your time. In my opinion, you're going to waste time trying to do that with people. Unless... Somebody says, yes, contact me on this date. Then of course, you know, we're sitting there like a little puppy dog, you know, with bated breath, like, okay, can I call now? Can I call now? Right. Can I call now? But I keep it on certain days of the week. I don't push myself and I don't beat myself up if I don't get something done. So for instance, today is one of those days I'm a little behind, but I know that they're not going away. Right. So get as much done as I can and stay focused on the outcome. In fact, I had fun with, um, I had fun with someone today because I sent one of my, hey, I'm about to say bye-bye, and she replied back, hello, Stephen, which, of course, since she said that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have some fun with this one, right? <laughs> Thank you so much for reaching out. We really enjoyed your program, but after careful consideration, we've decided we, we don't really want to have you come back and do any further workshops and stuff. I'm like, okay, this one I'm going to have some fun with. So I wrote her back and I said, hi, this is Rick, not Steven. I don't know where Steven went, but I'm responding because I've never done a program at your campus. And you've given me the perfect opportunity to say, let's talk because I really want to do a program at your campus and make it memorable so that you remember who I am. It was the best comeback. And she's like, I'm so sorry. She goes, I just reread your email. Let's talk next week. So you got to have fun with this, folks. And you got to be, you know, OK, here I am, the guy that talks about making bold moves. Be prepared to go out and be bold. Don't be afraid to do like something I just did because you got to look at some of this with humor and sure. go, they're busy. They're trying to get stuff done just like all of us. And sometimes you just got to play the game and just keep playing the game and not do not let rejection or any of that other stuff um, sidetrack you.
0: Hey, Steve is not coming back next year. You should have Rick in. I mean. Exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> So hey, it's the greatest, I'm like, I need some more of those. I'm like, now I've got a solid reply <laughs> back for those too. <laughs>
0: so one of the things, again, I've noticed with you is not only have you built those systems in place, but you've really you've really embraced that this is a relationship business and this is a long-term yep. process. And as much as we would like that, okay, I decide on Friday, I'm going to be a speaker. And then Monday, I'm just booking gigs left and right. Then oftentimes the, the sales cycle, so to speak, can take a few months. And sometimes mm-hmm. in some cases, maybe years yep. before a particular client, like the stars align and everything works. Out for you to to work with them. So one thing that you've really embraced and have done a good job with is having a follow up system. And again, I think this is where a lot of speakers drop the ball. Is you may reach out to someone and they're like, "Well, we're not looking for speakers, but check back with us in a couple months." And most speakers are like, "Okay," and they just don't do anything. But you've mm-hmm. been really disciplined to follow the system that we walk through that make sure that when they say to follow up, that you follow up. So exactly. kind of talk us through that process. What has that looked like for you, and what kind of impact has that made for you?
1: So my husband worked with me over the last few months, um, as we built out the system and he did a lot of the initial email outbounds cause you know, it's copy, paste, copy, paste. And that's what husbands are good for, right? Copy, paste, copy, <laughs> paste, you know, and he actually is the one who I have to credit for really sorting the system out. He got those emails and said, okay, these people opened it. These people responded back. And so when we sorted and sifted to those who were saying, hey, contact us in July, contact us in August, contact us in June, we knew exactly who we were contacting. Yeah. Also, we followed up with those that even when I said, hey, this is the last time I'm doing this, we tracked those because they opened the email. So this is where this is kind of interesting. I'm not bugging them right now. But I'm going to bug them again in November because they opened the last email back in May. So I know they're, they're still opening. I'll take a different approach. For me, the system is you do that outreach, you do the follow up because they can't believe it when you actually do it. Yeah. This, and you've said that, Grant, numerous times, that truly, this last four weeks that I have been following up with well over 200 of those leads, I have had probably. 30 people go, wow, you actually did follow up. Yeah. And now out of those 30, there's about 10 solid ones that I'm working right now that again, they may not happen in the next two months, but I've at least got ears for stuff that's going to happen next spring. Yeah. Some of them are going to happen in the next two months. In fact, two of them just came through yesterday that they are talking to me about coming on campus One's considering the men and masculinity thing, which is brand new. The other one is considering bringing me for a national coming out day and flying me from California to Miami. So it's the consistent follow-up. There is no beating them over the head. There is no like market, market, market to them. Three touch points. Tell them you're going to do what you're going to do. Show up and do what you're going to do. And a lot of times it's really going to shock them that you did it.
0: Yeah, because again, to your point, like most speakers just don't do that. And so they just yeah. kind of leave the ball in their courts and, and hopefully they get back with me. But again, being consistent, showing up, following up is really something that, that makes a, has made a big difference for you.
1: And I think a key thing, I think this would apply with anybody. You know, it depends on if you're in the association market or corporate, but I think this is really crucial. Look at who that person is. Understand their role. So I've got, I've got vice chancellors, vice presidents, deans of students that are on the list. Every time I reach out, I really look at that and I think, okay, how do I want to reach this person that I know is so high up the food chain that they don't have time for this? And sometimes I'll say, I'm quite sure you don't have time for this, but I'm sure you have somebody on your team who does. And you're going to want to turn this over to them. And here's why. I think they're probably the ones that are going to help you make the decisions to bring somebody like me on campus. What did I just do by saying, positioning it that way? I set the level of respect. Totally. I said, I totally understand who you are. I just happen to have your email, I don't have that assistance, or I don't have that person that's going to funnel this stuff for you. Sure. And that helps a lot too. And again, I think anybody can take that to the bank and run with it.
0: So one of the other things I've noticed that you've done that seems to, to have helped you in terms of just getting results and, and getting some replies and getting some interest from potential clients is using video and making some mm-hmm. type of little personalized, hello, yep. welcome, greeting type thing. Yep. So talk us through what what that's been like for you and what kind of results you're seeing from it.
1: Well, you know, I'll do it live right here because I've been doing the men and masculinity. So here's what I do. Hi, I'm Rick. I'm a brand new member of NACA and I'm taking a few minutes to reach out to all NACA members on the West Coast just to say hello. So, hey, hello. But I also wanted you to have a chance to get to know me a little bit. And what I want to do is get to know you a little bit. I know you're busy. I'm just wondering if we have 10 or 15 minutes we could connect because I have a program called Men and Masculinity that I'm bringing to college campuses that truly help young men step into their masculinity, not be afraid to show their emotions. And they learn to really truly step into their place as leaders in society. And something tells me on your campus that could be really powerful for you. If that's of interest to you, just ping me back with the email. Hey, Rick, love the chat or whoever you'd like to turn that over to. And we'll connect. And I promise I'll take 10 or 15 minutes of your time. So glad to connect with you. Look forward to connecting soon. Boom. Boom.
0: So what is that like? Are you, are you, and you're sending that personalized custom to each person that you're emailing?
1: It'll go, Hey Grant, it'll be, and it's working really well. I probably get, well, I almost get a hundred percent opens because it's like, here, here's an interesting little video you might want to watch. And I'm probably getting between 20 to 30% people replying back, Hey, we'd love to talk or we're not doing anything this semester. Touch back with us at this point. And I'm passing this on to the students because here's the secret. Okay. For any of you who are in the college market, this is where things are beginning to change a little bit. And I love it that they're doing this more and more and more. These decisions are being handed over to the students. Yeah. So you're going to have even a longer haul. Okay. And trust me, I get this because I keep losing hair every day doing this. But when you have to deal with the students, you still have to remember there's somebody above them that's going to cut the check. Yeah. But now you've got two kinds of people you're serving. You're going to want to wow the kids and really get them to understand the message you're coming for, but you also have to get that person who's going to write the check to buy in. Now, that person who might write the check may go, okay, I'll buy in when the kids buy in. So you actually are serving two masters, so to speak, but you got to learn to do the dance. And that's what I'm learning right now is, hey, this is cool. Even as I'm doing the outreach, I know school's getting ready to start. And you might not have a student assigned to this yet. So I've learned the trick. When you do, I'd love to chat with them.
0: Yeah.
1: You see how I'm I'm working right into them. Hey, I don't have to deal with this. Oh, he's willing to talk to a student. Perfect. But I always end it with just let me know who's the best person to talk to in the next few weeks once the students come back. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I'll be touching base with you in September. So they already know it's coming. Right. So there's just lots of interesting little ways to play with this. And every one of those videos, Grant, is less than 30 seconds.
0: So a couple questions with that. One is the logistics of that. What's the tool that you're using for those?
1: I'm using Loom, L-O-O-M. So it's um, just, you know, search Loom on the free tool. And it's cool. It just embeds right into your browser and you can be on any webpage or anything. Sometimes I customize them to the point of you can actually have the university's website in the background and then your little video shows up down in the corner or the top corner or whatever of you speaking, kind of a nice touch. I've tried that. I actually have more success with it just being me on video. Forget this, you know, the university branding, because then they're really seeing me. They can see my stature. They can see who I am. Yeah. Uh, um, they can see me picking my nose, whatever. You know, they see all that stuff going down. So it really helps to like, you're the speaker. Yeah. So they can see you and they can see how you're going to present, how you're going to show up, even though I'm in a nice casual shirt. I'm not like, it's not a full body shot, but it's enough that they can go, wow, this guy, Looks like he's actually professional.
0: Right, right. So to be devil's advocate on that, okay, so you yep. reach out to, you know, let's say 20 people a day, um, yep. or even 5 people a day and shooting, you know, those 30-second videos, it's not overwhelming, but it takes time, yeah. you know, to reset time. and reshoot and all that stuff and to copy the link and put it in an email, send the email out and Rick, it just takes a lot of time, man. And I can I just copy and paste a bunch of emails and send them out or, or just sit back and wait for the phone to ring? Like everything you just described, I can—I mean, I can see how it could work, but it's also like, it's just a lot of work.
1: So what would you say to that? Being broke takes a lot of time too. <laughs> I speak at the truth. I mean, you got to do this somehow. Yeah. So my system may not work for you, but I hate to tell it to you, folks, you got to market. And you got to reach out. You got to cold call. You got to create relationships. It's all going to take time. It's yeah. not all standing backstage, you know, coming from the green room, if there is a green room, having makeup on, which doesn't work because I sweat like a pig. So by the time I even get to the stage, you know, the makeup's all gone. It isn't all that. Actually, everything that you get to have that hour on stage is where the work happens. Yeah. The rehearsal is part of it. But I have to tell you, getting the gig is the work. Yeah being on stage and getting the accolades and getting the testimonials and the limousine that shares waiting in for you after you come off the stage, you know, that's just a little bit of the joy.
0: I have yet to have that happen. Uh, Me too. Me too. (laughs) Hey Rick, we we appreciate the time, man. This has been very helpful. Of course, man. If uh, people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, where can we go?
1: Rickclemons.com, C-L-E-M-O-N-S.com or make your bold move. That's another way to get right to my website and see what I'm doing, see what bold moves I'm making and, one of these days you'll go there and there will be the bold move of absolutely no hair on the head left, but, um, you know, we we still keep trying.
0: You're getting there. I'm I'm getting there myself. Don't worry. All right. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Rick Clemens. Again, like I mentioned to you at the beginning, if you haven't already, make sure you join that free Facebook group. Again, you can find that over at thespeakerlabgroup.com, thespeakerlabgroup.com. Again, totally free group with over 10,000 speakers. We'd love for you to be a part of that as well. So hope to see you there. All right. That wraps up episode 208. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.